Hey, y'all, we're back for another episode of the Building with Brevin podcast. And uh, pleased to say that this is our first episode uh, with a guest speaker outside of the family being my brother, Stephen, or uh, my father, Mike. So uh, happy to introduce Steve uh, Iltis on the phone here. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about different stages of pre-construction and the build pro process in our previous episodes. Uh, today, what we'd like to do is dig a little deeper into the custom home design phase of, of, the, uh, of the process. Uh, Steve Iltis is a residential designer who we've worked with on several projects. And, and one of the many things we appreciate about working with Steve is uh, his, his incredible attention to detail on, on all aspects of the design. It's very easy for designers and architects to uh, put something really cool, fun, and exciting on paper. But when you get into the field and actually have to execute, it can sometimes become a nightmare uh, of, because the design was poorly thought through on, on actually putting it into, into 3D versus what's on a piece of paper. So Steve does a fantastic job thinking through all things design and, and how it relates to actually building it in the field. So Steve, welcome. Thank you, Brian. That's a great introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, if you could, would you? I, 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 I tried to set the stage, but uh, nobody better to introduce yourself than, than you yourself. So uh, tell us a little bit about you, uh, your, your background, and wh why are you a, a designer? What services do you provide? And what's your favorite part about being a designer? Uh, well, yeah, um, in the beginning, I fell into a job and I had no idea where it was going to lead. When I was 18 years old, I went to work for a um, a home designer running blueprints and i always liked drawing when i was a kid but never thought of it as something i would do professionally so after working for this designer for a few years i really took an interest in it and started really studying drafting and that was when autocad um, you know computer drafting was fairly it was around but it wasn't really commonly used yet so i hit, hit the timing just right that i really started getting educated on that and working for a home designer uh, which helped me get my first project when I was 20 years old. So I designed three small houses um, when I was 20 years old. And um, I kind of dove into it. I had some help from the um, one of the instructors at the college. And then my boss helped me a little bit. I knocked those projects out. And that was 34 years ago. And by the time I finished those three houses, I had a waiting list um, to, of, of homes to draw. So I was actually self-employed completely when I was 24. And um, I'm about to turn 55. So this is really all I've done my adult life is draw houses. Well, that's that's awesome. And uh, it probably felt like it was just yesterday, right? It does. You know, I can remember some of the detailed things exactly when I learned them. I remember looking at those plans that I was running prints of and just seeing these symbols and seeing these notes on there. And after looking at, it, looking at them every day, finally started just getting into my head, you know, what it was. So it was a real easy transition for me to get up to speed on, on design. And, and the designer that I worked for, he was meticulous about details. And uh, kind of like what you were saying in the beginning, it has to work. It can't just look good on paper. You know, at some point, somebody's going to be constructing this. And I call them like really big art projects. Um, so I create them and I know in the end, there's going to be somebody actually assembling this, this project and it needs to work. And that doesn't say that there's never little kinks that you have to work out because they're all prototypes. You know, um, you're designing it for the first time and, and it's being built for the first time. But you just try to go over everything as much as you possibly can just to eliminate um, future problems when it's in construction. Yep. Yeah, we, we have 
as you've gotten to know us a little bit better, we've worked with uh, quite a few other architects and, and yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, <laughs> to, to design a house. And yeah, we've, we've certainly had our issues in the field. And, and like you said, that's going to happen regardless, right? I mean, a custom home, it's never been designed before. It's never been built before, but uh, the, the attention to detail and, and having the experience to find those things on paper early on makes for a, a smoother process down the road. Yeah, and I know there are things that get worked out in the field and I may not know about it. So what I really like to do when I'm working with a builder is follow up afterwards and um, say, hey, what were some of the issues that you had to deal with? Because if I don't if I don't know what they were, and to you, you may think it was not that big of a deal. We figured it out and, and you don't even mention it to me, but I want to know um, because that's just one more thing I can um, have on my, on my, in my brain on the next one just to make sure I don't make that little mistake again. Yep. Love that. Continuous improvement. So what's your, what's your favorite part about being a designer? What do you love about it? I, I, I love the people. I mean, it's um, people come to me doing something that's exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a dream. You know, if I was fixing their transmission, um, you know, probably wouldn't be as much fun. I'm actually creating something for them. And to design a house for somebody, you have to get to know them. You can't just write down number of bedrooms and bathrooms and ask a bunch of questions and then just create it. You really need to know them because there are, things, there are things that you can do in their design that they never would have thought of. So if I kind of know what their hobbies are, um, know, you know what they like to do, know about their family, know about their pets. Um, if I have all of that information as I'm designing it, I'm thinking, yeah, I think this is something they're going to like. Previous client may not have liked that because it doesn't appeal to them. But, um, you know, I've had examples um, or situations where, you know, um, guy comes to a meeting and he's wearing a, a hat and, uh, and I'll say, so where are you going to put the golf cart? And he looks at me funny, like, how do you know I have a golf cart? I go, well, you have a Titleist hat on, you know, I know that you're a golfer, you know? So he's like, yeah, I'm a golfer. So it's just, that's just kind of getting to know my clients a little bit. And that yeah. makes it, that makes it a lot of fun. And then of course, when it's done and I get invited to the home warming party, um, and just seeing all their family and friends there, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, that's got to be really gratifying. We get that same sense of accomplishment when we take one of your plans, build it, and then we get to hand the keys over to the homeowner and say, hey, we're, we were very uh, fortunate and, and grateful for the opportunity to be able to to bring this to life for you and your family. Yeah, yeah it's really good. And, you know, that helps business, too. I mean, I know that y'all are just uh, dedicated to doing a good job for people and um, making sure that they're happy with their house. And there's no better... Uh, endorsement than that. You know, if um, if you get invited to the housewarming party, you've done something right. And any time in the future, if a friend or family member needs a home built, um, your name is going to come up. You know, yeah. that's just the way it's going to be. So um, those are the best referrals. And that's why, just like you, we go the extra mile to make sure that the client's happy. We're not done until the client is happy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's that's the goal. Every Each and every day, every action we take is is with with that in mind. So Steve, let's uh I want to jump into some some questions. I think we're going to provide a lot of insight to potential uh home custom home owners that are looking to to jump into this process and and help them uh just understand some of the the details of the design phase. But what, one short question before we do that. What's the difference between a designer and an architect? Cuz sometimes I use those terms interchangeably. And uh, I, I know there's a, a difference amongst those even though the plans a plan set is still uh, designed and, and complete at the end, right? 
Yeah, and, and I get called architect a lot, and um, I, I, depending on the situation, sometimes I, I correct people um, and explain it, but sometimes it's just not important. They're just kind of referring to me as the guy that drew their house. But I think the main difference is, and I've actually designed several homes for architects, um, and the, I think the main difference is, and I don't, ha I've never been to architectural school, but this is my assumption. Most of it is uh, the training revolves around commercial. Um, there are architects that specialize in designing homes, but I think they do that. They take their knowledge that they learn from being an architect and they learn how to draw a house. But it's my understanding that when you're in architectural school, you're not going to be drawing house plans. You're most likely going to be drawing mostly commercial type um, construction. So, you know, if somebody comes to me and says they want a restaurant, I was like, look, I, I could probably draw it, but I'm not an architect. That really, you need to hire an architect for that. Or if it's a multi-story um, building, um, I can do it up to a three-story house. I can do, you know, three-plex projects, stuff like that. But then once you get beyond that, in most cities, um, you'd be, it would be required to have an architectural standard. So yep. the end result, whether it's drawn by me or drawn by an architect, all the plans go to structural engineering regardless. So, you know, what I tell people is it's, I think I'm really good at listening to people, understanding their wants and needs, putting it on paper, making sure it works, and then the engineer makes sure that it's structurally sound. And that's really, that's really the, the, the common denominator is having that engineer. And then, of course, when my plan goes to engineering, it has to work, you know, if I, if I, and, and it does, but I'm thinking if, if somebody just dives into this and says, I'm going to start drawing houses, there's definitely a learning curve in there because some things, not to say that they couldn't potentially work, but it could be very complicated and typically that adds a lot of cost. So I try to design a house that's teed up for the architect, I mean, for the uh, engineer to, um, you know, the beams need to be, uh, have a place to rest. You don't want to expand too far because you start getting into steel. So um, we work through all that and that kind of goes into that value engineering as well. Yeah, that's a great point and uh, <laughs> a term we've used on several previous episodes, value engineering. So we'll probably get into some of that here today as well. So let, let's let's jump into some of the, the, the thick of this. W where do you begin with a homeowner? Uh, what does that first meeting look like? What does the homeowner need to be prepared for? Like wh what can they bring to the table? H how do we start or where does someone start if they come to you and say, I have a piece of land and I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Yeah, you know, um, the first thing I do when somebody contacts me is, of course, I want to know where they're building. And so Google Earth is great for that. I can immediately have their property um, in front of me within a couple of minutes into the phone call. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, the topography of where they're building and a little bit about the area, and a little bit about them and what they're wanting to do. And then uh, I'll go over the process, which I think we'll probably talk about here in a minute. I'll kind of go over the design process with them. And then depending on um, where they live in relation to their property and where it is in relation to me, I really like to meet at, at the lot. Um, what I've found is one, I need to see it, but also it's a really good way to get to know somebody quicker. Um, if we meet at your property and we walk it together and start having conversations, it seems like we get to know each other faster than we would in my conference room. Um, it's just, I don't know why, but you know, sometimes they've got their kids with them, their, maybe their dogs with them, and we're just kind of walking the property and talking and hanging out. Sometimes we'll go get a bite to eat if it's around lunchtime. So it's a, it's a really quick way just to start learning about this family that you're about to design a house for. So yeah. that's that's how I like to start it. Now, sometimes that doesn't work if it's if they're nowhere close to where their, their property is. I'm sure, we meet at the conference room, and uh, then we'll try to either try to meet up at the 
property afterwards, or I'll just go visit it by myself. And I always take my drone with me so I can um, get some drone footage and send it to them. That's um, something that I need for myself, um, but it's also something that people really appreciate uh, having some drone footage of their new property that they bought. So they're seeing it from a perspective that they um, haven't seen it before. And then also in the hill country, a lot of times there are some really good views from the second floor. So I could take my drone up about 15, 16 feet and shoot some uh, video from that height so they can get a feel for what their view is going to be like. Yeah, that, that's great. And I, I love that approach. Uh, if if uh, homeowners are able to, to do that with their architect that they have chosen to move forward with, you come at them just saying, hey, I, you don't jump right into, okay, let's get let's get rooms on a piece of paper. It's more just tell me about your life. Tell me who you are. And I think yeah. that that connection of just, I, I, I want to build a relationship because that is important to, to you actually uh, building them a dream home that they just have, or designing, excuse me, designing a dream home that they fall in love with. Uh, that's that that's that's huge right so i, I love that it's right. just hey let's let's talk let's chat let's get to know each other before okay well how big is it going to be how many rooms do you want i mean that stuff's going to come yeah. in time right <laughs> yeah i typically start with um a um, little bit about the background what they do for a living um kids what ages they are um if they have pets you know uh family you know are y'all are your parents still alive uh, and if so where do they live um and, and the reason i'm asking those questions is it one to get to know them, but also I know when I'm designing their house, um, like for instance, if somebody's family lives really close, there's a good a good chance they will visit each other, but not spend the night. If if your immediate yeah. siblings or parents live six hours away, now it's very likely they will spend the night. So um, that helps me when we're you know talking about the design and the budget. It's like okay, how much money are we going to put into guest quarters? Because as of right now, you don't seem to have any guests that you think are going to be staying with. So, um, but, but if somebody says, well, my parents live out of state, they come in for two weeks, you know, a few times a year. Okay. Well, that's a different, that's a different guest suite. So, um, just having that background that's in my head. So when they do start giving me the criteria, room counts and all that, I know why they're doing what they're doing. And that's very helpful to me. Yep. No, that's, that's fantastic. So let's, let's move forward. You've had that initial meeting. Uh, you've you've spoken to them. What what is the what is the what does the full process look like, right? So you have the first talk over the phone or something like that. Ideally, if you can meet at their lot, you you accomplish that. You have a, a good conversation with them. You get a better understanding of what their wants and needs are. So walk us through the process from from that to to a final complete plan set. And and sure. I think at that point we can jump into obviously <laughs> how long does that roughly take and obviously the easy answer always in our world is it depends right but <laughs> you can it give does, us some ranges I it hope it does but I've got a pretty good answer on that one it took good. me it took me thirty years to figure out how to answer that question but I think I can answer that one now um, we're we're figuring out how to answer how much is this going to cost when we, there's yeah, about boy. a million different variables that yeah. are unknown but you have to be able to answer it you do yeah yeah you sure do so. You know, once um, we've spent some time together, getting to know each other a little bit, at some point I'm going to ask them or, tell, or I'm going to tell them, actually, I would love to design your house. And then I'm going to ask them um, if uh, if they would like for me to be their designer. You know, basically, are you ready to commit to me? And um, I've got a pretty high rate. Typically, if I spend some time with people and meet them at their lot and get to know them a little bit, it's very rare that they don't select me to design their house. Um, so. But once they say yes, then I ask them for about three hours of their time. 
and uh, just basically, can we get together uninterrupted for three hours so we can just talk? So when we sit down at that meeting, I, I already know a lot of the blanks because we actually, you know, I've already filled some of them in, but um, we're going to go room to room and we're going to talk detail. We're going to talk about everything that's going in their kitchen, um, everything that's important to them about their laundry room, uh, their back door, outdoor kitchen, you know, how do you cook? What do you cook? Um, do you smoke stuff or are you just grilling on a, on a gas grill? I mean, it's, it's really three hours. There's been times it's actually taken longer than that. So at some point though, in that conversation, I will say, you know what, I've got it. I, I, I've got this house in my head. I know y'all now I'm ready to get to work. So, uh, then I, then I start drawing and typically about three weeks, you know, we'll look at our schedules, you know, at the end of that three hour meeting, and then we'll kind of go ahead and look at a tentative date, you know, three to four weeks out that we could get back together. And I really like that. Um, I've heard stories. Uh, about people hiring somebody to design their house and then they don't hear from them for months. Um, I, I like to go ahead and set that date. Like, let's get together three weeks from today. If it's Thursday, let's get together three weeks today on Thursday. I'm going to present these plans to you. Um, then they know that, that that's going to happen. I, I don't miss deadlines. If I tell you it's going to be ready by then, it will be ready by then. So when we sit down and review the plans, I kind of like to read back through my notes just to kind of refresh their memory and what they told me. So what I'll say, okay, here's things that were really important to you. And we talked three weeks ago, kind of go through a kind of a bullet point list of it. And then it's okay. And here's the plan. So we're going to walk through it and we're going to make sure everything that was on that wish list is in that plan and uh, take it room by room. So initially I say, don't get worried about the details yet, because I want you to see the whole plan. Let's, if you look at the kitchen first, let's don't have a conversation about what type of oven that is. Let's just see where the kitchen is in the house. Let's see what the bedrooms are. Let's see how it flows. And see if you like the overall plan. And then once we've done that, and they say, yeah, this really looks good. We think we like it. We're seeing it for the first time, but we like what we're seeing. Then we would kind of get a little bit more into the details. But really, at that point, I asked them to pause and say, before we figure out how many drawers and cabinets and all those details, where lighting is, take this home with you. You're seeing it for the first time. Take it home with you. Discuss it um, without me in front of you. Uh, living in a little bit. Think, okay, what's my daily routine like? And lay those plans out on your dining room table or wherever's convenient at your house. And just multiple times a day, just walk over to it and look at it and think about it, talk about it and gather your thoughts. And then if when you have some feedback to share with me, it could be a text, it could be an email, it could be a phone call, or you may say, we need to get together and meet again. You make that decision on, on how you want to proceed, but you need to convey your thoughts to me. And one point that I always make to my clients is if there's something that doesn't seem to work for you, don't feel like you have to fix it. Because I've had people say, well, this wasn't exactly, you know, the way we wanted it, but we can't come up with anything else. So this is fine. I'm like, well, no, that's not fine. Maybe give me a chance at it. I designed the whole house and there's one little area you're struggling with. Um, give me a, give me a chance. Explain to me. Maybe I missed it. Give me an, uh, a little bit more explanation as far as what you're looking for. And usually I come up with a solution and they say, yeah, that's great. That's what we want. And then we move forward. So moving forward means, okay, we've seen the floor plan. We know the square footage and we've seen a front elevation. Uh, let's go ahead and draw the other three elevations um, and get it, uh, get a roof on it, get it far enough along to where um, they can present it to you, the builder and say, okay, we, we have these preliminary plans and this is where we're at. Um, everybody has a budget. So, their question is going to be, what do you think this is going to cost? And at that point, what I 
encourage my clients to do, whether you're the builder or whoever the builder is, is ask that builder to kind of give you a range. Say, based off of your expertise and, and your past projects, what's the kind of the minimum amount that we can build this house for? And then kind of what do you think could be not going crazy, but, you know, really nice stuff. So kind of give us a range, you know, is it, you know, between 800,000 and a million? That's 200,000, but it's still enough for them to say, okay, we're okay in that range. You know, we prefer to yep. be at the bottom end of that, but we're okay in that range because, but if they're not okay with that range, then that's when we have to have the conversation about what it is that's driving the cost. Um, I got everything in the house that you're looking for, but it's, it's larger than you wanted it to be. Um, and you're, there's some really high end amenities that you've talked about having. So something's got to give here, but that's the time to really focus on that budget. Uh, yep. We do not want to go any farther than that um, until that is established because there's nothing worse than getting really deep into the design of a house and the clients absolutely love it. And then they find out that it's out of their budget because it's just kind of, you've had this dream for so long, you bought this property. Uh, it's really, it's really a hard hit. I think it could be hard on marriages. I think it could be hard on families, you know, when it happens and um, you, you tell your friends about the house that you're building and, and then all of a sudden um, you start having to scale it back. So really it's not, it's, it's not the fun part of the process. The, the, the budget part is not the fun part, but I, what I've found is if we, if we get that out of the way early on um, and, and we do get in that range, then it does get fun because they can say, okay, we're okay between this number and that number. Um, we're, we're building this house. This is happening. It's not, uh, let's get these plans drawn and hope for the best. It's like, no, this is going to work. And that's when it gets fun because, um, they, the, the dream is getting closer to being real at that point. And, yeah. um, they really seem to get excited once we got the, um, awkward part in the budget out of the way. So once we, once we've done that, let's, so, um, I call everything that I just talked about really phase one. So once we've done that, um, and we're ready for phase two, I asked two questions. One, do you love your plans? Do you like the design? And do you feel like you have a pretty good idea of what it's going to cost? If they can't say yes to both of those things, then we're not done in phase one. We are, we are going to hang out in phase one and do whatever we have to do before we move on. Because phase two is where we do start getting into details. I start doing all the cabinet elevations, um, the electrical plan, which is switches, plugs, ceiling fans, under cabinet lighting, exterior lighting, everything electrical. Very tedious. Um, when you think about how many plugs and switches and lights are in a house, it's tedious. Um, um, but that's really what happened in phase two. So I will design those two elements of the plans and then I will present those to the client and we go through them one by one. And on the electrical, I really explain to them what the symbols are and, you know, how and make sure they understand what the lighting plan is, because it's um, it, it's so tedious that some people kind of get here in the headlights when you really start going over every little deal. But once I explain to them, you know, what the symbols are, then they can take that home with them. And kind of mark that up and say, yeah, we 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 want to plug over here, or we want to add some extra light, and we want some more recessed lights in a certain area. Um, so I'll incorporate those changes in. Um, same thing with the cabinets. Maybe they want more drawers than cabinet doors, or vice versa. So we'll go through that, and that's really a good opportunity for them also to start doing kind of an inventory when we do those cabinets. Think about the things that are in your kitchen, and start thinking about where you would put those in your new kitchen. Um, and then another thing to think about when they're at that stage is. A lot of times people store stuff in the house that they're currently in, wherever they can find a spot. So 
they don't have enough room, um, say, for instance, in their laundry room. So they store some of that stuff in a closet or a closet somewhere. So they're, they think their closet's too small because their closet's so crammed. But their closet's not too small. Their laundry room's too small. So, you know, we really start thinking about everything has a place. When, and when the movers are there moving your furniture in and they walk to the door and say, ma'am, where do you want this? You already know where it's going. That's not, we'll figure it out. Uh, you don't have to start shuffling stuff around looking for a place because we designed the house around you and your furnishings. So everything has a spot. So, um, so that's really what we do kind of in those early phases. Once we have done the design part of it, which is the floor plan, the elevations, cabinets, electrical, the, from their standpoint, the design part is pretty much done. What I still have to do is the technical part. I still have to draw the foundation form plan, um, all the framing details, calling out window sizes, door sizes, header heights, all of the stuff that they're really not involved in, but everything that you would need to build their home. So that's what really what happen, happens in that last phase. And then at the, uh, at the end of the last phase, it goes out for structural engineering. Typically that takes about a month um, for that to get done, depending on which engineer you use and, and how busy they are. But I've, I've noticed it seems like that's kind of a good average. So during that four weeks, if there are any little details we need to wrap up on cabinets or electrical that doesn't affect engineering, we have that time um, to, to wrap that up. And my goal is to have the plan done by the time the engineering is done. That way you can go immediately for permits uh, if you're building in a city. Um, and then also one little thing I, I, I left out of that is HOAs. It's during that um, early stage of the design, we would go ahead and start engaging with the HOA just to make sure we're playing by the rules and make sure that you're not going to have a problem getting an approval. The lovely HOAs, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's good and there's bad. And I've seen all, I've, I've had yeah. some that are so easy. It's really yeah. a nice, pleasurable relationship. I've had some that I think they, I don't think they want this house built in their neighborhood. Um, yeah. So I've seen yeah. it all. And what I've found is, is engage with them early. I let them know that um, they're the boss and, you will play by their rules, give them that respect, and it seems like it goes a long way. Steve, that's a great overview and a lot to unpack. And I <laughs> I was anxious to jump at a lot of those comments and, and add on, but I needed to keep my mouth shut. So uh what I a few a few a few points there. What I want to just reiterate is is how you uh have a very uh, a very strong focus on completion of what you called phase one saying, Hey, do you love this house? And do you know how much this is roughly going to cost uh, a term that we use with our homeowners quite often when we're talking ranges, because we can't give them a more firm number at that point. Anyway, it's just, it's just, it's not complete. Right. And it's, it's not fair to us to say it's going to cost exactly this when it's, when, when it's not a hundred percent finalized. And, uh, we, we use the term no less than, so you say, Hey, what's, what's your, uh, what's your budget? Well, we're going to say, hey, that house is going to be no less than a million, but probably in the range of a million to 1.2, right? And then yeah. I, I love that you say, hey, okay, we got to be really comfortable with it now because that is the time where you can make changes that's going to save dollars. Later on when you're making changes, we use the term, you're saving pennies when you're making changes later, right? Well, let's cut let's let's shrink this room because we're trying to save a little square footage and that's that that's saving pennies compared to saving dollars when you're at at the phase one of hey let's redesign this let's take this whole room out so uh r really really critical 
Uh, you answered one of my other questions I was going to ask you, which is great, but this is another reason why it's extremely important for the homeowner to consider bringing in a builder as early on as possible in this process, right? Um, we have worked with homeowners that have had plans designed by somebody else, complete plans designed, and then they come to us saying, hey, quote this. We go through the process on one of them. We actually got the job. And then we had to go back and tell them, hey, this isn't going to work. There's not enough room on your lot for a septic system. So uh, talk about having to go back and do a bunch of redundant work. And they actually had to go buy a, a completely different uh, piece of land to build that dream home because they didn't want to change the house. So it's those types of things that having the right the right partners as early on as possible with that architect, designer and the builder will save a lot of headaches and a lot of stress later. It can. And that is great. It. Yeah, that's great insight. You're right, because you're a professional and they're going to need you as a builder anyway. Why not engage you from the very beginning? I know you guys are willing to take the time um, to do basically what I'm doing, getting to know your client and understanding their wants and needs. And I know you're going to be asking questions that pertain to the budget as far as finishes. You know, what type of appliances were you thinking? You know, yeah. what type of flooring are you thinking? You know, because those are things that can really move the needle. So you're gathering you're gathering information uh, during the process of design, and to your point, there may be a pitfall like the septic situation, so where yeah. they would find out find that out earlier, and maybe there's something we could do with the design to make that work, but maybe not. Um, but if they're going to have to change lots, like the story that you're talking about, you'd want to know that sooner than later. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what are what are the different ways shifting a little bit to to the cost of design. Uh, what are the different ways architects, designers charge for their services? I know that you. A lot of people will say, "Well, I'm going to go out and talk to a few different architects because I haven't, I haven't fallen in love with one yet, and they're all giving me different prices." How do how do I how do I proceed? Right, and we know before you answer, we know that price isn't everything. Right, you sometimes. We always say, look, we don't we don't always want to go with the cheapest because you get what you pay for, and going with the most expensive maybe isn't isn't the best value, right? So there's there's a balance all at all times when you're making decisions like this. Yeah, so um, I think it's pretty common that um, it, it's the fee is based off the square footage. Um, so it's um, some some charge by the living area footage, some charge by the total area, which would include garage and porches. That's that's really the most common way of doing it. And and you're right, prices can be pretty drastically different. And um, you really have to kind of look at the value um, of what you're you're hiring somebody to design your house. Um, you're going to spend a lot of money, whether it's a good design or a bad design. You're spending a lot of money, so obviously you want a good design. So you really need to um, just look at the um, people's past work, talk to um, their past clients. If they can't introduce you to several um, past clients, then that's a red flag. Um, I had a client several years ago asked me for a reference list and I just put down like 20 names and I started getting calls from my past clients. Hey, so-and-so called asking about you. Um, and I figured out she called everybody on that list and she said, well, looks like you're designing my house because they're all telling me I'm crazy if they, if I don't use you. So, um, but it, I, I don't think it's rare that people go to that extent, but I think you need to at least talk to a few. Um, and then also, um, what I have found, and you probably found this too, our past clients, they like us and they want us to be successful. They will open their homes up. You know, uh, I wouldn't want to take advantage of that, but 
Um, but there are, I have clients that would probably be really excited if I said, hey, I've got a client that's really considering me, but they're not sure. Can I show them your house and, and let them talk to you? They would absolutely do that. Yeah. So if you, if, you, if you have a designer or an architect that's willing to offer that to you, that's a really good sign. And then the other thing is they have to just technically be capable of doing what you want them to do, which is a good design for them. I've had situations where people have come to me uh, after they had hired somebody else and they're just at their wits end. And they say that they're so nice, but every time, you know, we see revisions, it's just not what we want. And what I've explained to them is you can be really nice. And this is, you know, not that this is not, it's not that they're a bad person. They probably really do want you to be happy because that's how they make money is getting your plans done in an efficient way. They just don't have the talent to do it. And, and you can't fix that. You, you can't fix that situation. Um, so you just want to make sure that who you design, who you hire to design your house is capable of meeting the expectations that you have. Um, so price does play into that. Um, what I have found is if you don't charge enough, you will have so much work that you can't keep up, and none of your none of your clients are getting as much attention as they should get. So yeah. I like to design about twenty maybe 25 houses a year and that's it I, I just really can't do more than that so um when when the time comes if i meet a new potential client if i if i just can't take something on um i will say look if you're not in a hurry uh, i'd love to design your house but it may be a couple of months before we can start this process yeah people really seem to appreciate that because the opposite of that is just saying yes taking a retainer and i think that's what happens to some of the the, the stories that we hear where the, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle yeah. The, the design firm takes the takes the retainer, knowing full well that they can't get started on it for several yeah. months, and that's just a really bad way to to start the relationship off in bad business. My thought is, I have to finish plans as fast as I get new plans coming in, because that's the yeah. only way my business model works is getting um, as many done as I have coming in. So. Yeah, it's what we talk about all the time. It's about setting the expectations early on and then just following through and ex and delivering and hopefully exceeding expectations. And, you know, one other comment you made earlier, I just want to, I, I want to bring it back up. As you said, after the initial meeting at the lot or in, in, in the studio, Hey, let's, let's get a time on the calendar right now that I'll have an initial design drawn up, right? Very, you know, very rough draft and it'll be three weeks down the road. And I can, I can tell the listeners that, that you've delivered on that with us a hundred percent of the time. And it is really nice to know that, Hey, in three weeks or less potentially, but he's, he's promised three weeks, he's going to deliver. And uh, that goes a long way. And, 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 and honestly, aligns very well with with the values and the guarantees that that we have here at Brevin Homes with the on time and on on budget guarantee saying we guarantee you're, you're going to be moving into this house within this time period. So, yeah, and you know, people really appreciate that. If for this is I mean it's typically 3 to 4 weeks, but if I was in a situation where I have a new client coming in and actually next month I'm going on vacation for like 8 or 9 days, I would tell them right then, look, typically I would be ready to meet in three weeks, but I'm going to be out for a week. So it's going to be probably four and a half to five weeks. Um, they're fine with that. Um, but if I tell them three weeks and it's five weeks and they're upset, they just want you to be honest with them. And I think that we owe them that. There's no reason, you know, not to. Um, if, they, if, they're, if they say, well, five weeks is unacceptable, we're not going to wait that long. Um, I, that's their decision to make. It never happens, but that's their decision to make. So just, just tell them the truth. And uh, it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, I think that um, one of the 
now that we're kind of talking about timeline, um, I can touch on that a little bit more because I know we touched on it earlier about how long it takes to get a set of plans. And the way that I um, figured out how to answer that is I figured out how much time I need to design the house. But I don't know how much time they need to yeah. get yep. the information. So I've had projects that have taken a year. Now, I wasn't working on that house for a year, but I had it in my list of projects for a year. And they were in no hurry. They're going to retire in two years, and they just wanted to get the process started. They're in no hurry. So what happens is when I present that plan to them after that three weeks, they take off with it, and I may not hear from them for a month. So I'm not working on it for a month, but that just added a month to the clock. So yeah. um, let's just say after a month, they come back, and they have some changes. But I, typ I typically turn, turn changes around in one week. Um, so once they come back to me and say, hey, we really like everything except for this area over here, we want to rethink some stuff, within a week I would have a new drawing to present to them. So once we kind of go through that process a few times, I've kind of added up that on most houses, I need around eight weeks on my end. Yeah. And then the time they're spending with you, going over budget, getting financing squared away, waiting for engineering, you know, that's all stuff that I don't have any control over. So yeah. if, if, if they need two or three months on their side and I need two on mine, then we're looking at five months or so. Yeah. But I've done houses. I've done houses in little as six weeks before people. I've had people that are moving and um, they're going to be in a different school district and got kids. They need to get enrolled. And they're like, we, we need this yesterday. And I, I remember one I did this. It was several years, several years ago. And I explained to the lady, uh, the couple that, I can do this. I said, but I need answers no longer than one day after I ask questions or whenever I present something to you. And they said, we can do it. And they did it. And it was a 5,000 square foot house. And we were done um, in six weeks. We were done. And they, yeah. where they were building, uh, it was outside of the city. They were cash customers. They started that house immediately. So, um, so it can be done that fast. I don't encourage that. But uh, just to kind of give you an idea, if somebody asked the question, what is the fastest? That's 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 it, probably. Um, but I would say most of my projects end up taking about four months from the time they hire me to the time that they're completely done. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great perspective on the timeline. What what else should future custom homeowners know about the design process to make this part of the process more or their experience more enjoyable? Right. We all focus on uh, just hopefully providing the best experience throughout the whole phase. And we've all heard anybody who's ever talked to a homeowner that's built a custom home is that we've heard the horror stories. We've heard the nightmares. The That's all you hear about. It seems like when you talk to people and they reflect on their journey, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of uh, um, examples where people have had a great, a great experience, but um, you know, what, what, what should the homeowners be? What should they know to, to enjoy it as much as possible at this, at this phase? Yeah, I really think that being realistic about the budget, um, hiring professionals that know what they're doing and that are going to shoot you straight, hire, hire, hire people that you trust and really um, be realistic with that budget. Because like I mentioned before, uh, that can really cause a lot of problems if you don't. So uh, I think that's probably the most important thing is uh, I've had clients that are talking to builders. And they're talking to a lot of builders and I get the sense they're looking for somebody to tell them what they want to hear. So yeah. they'll talk to three or four builders that are telling, shooting them straight. And then they get one that tells them what they want to hear and they grab toward, gravitate towards that builder. 
And that never turns out good because um, I've seen situations where just kind of throw out numbers. Um, three builders say it's going to be around a million dollars to build this house. And they get one that says 800,000. They go with that builder. In the end, they still spend a million dollars. But they had a horrible experience because the house cost what it cost. But they, every time they make a selection, they're over budget. Everything, they're, they're constantly um, being informed this costs more than what we thought it was going to cost. Yeah. Framers, man, the framer just charged me more than I thought. And before they know it, they're, everything's over and they spent the same amount of money and had a terrible experience versus accepting that it's going to be a million dollars and, and picking a builder that you trust and like and having a good experience. So I've seen that happen many times. So I think that would probably be the top one. Yep. That I would recommend to people. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point, and we've seen it ourselves too. And y you you can guide and consult as much as you want, and uh, some people choose to listen, some people don't, and uh, you feel bad for them, right? I'm just going to go with the cheapest builder, and and oftentimes that that uh, doesn't turn out well, right? And and what we talk about oftentimes is it's very hard to compare. Uh, uh, bids or estimates from from builder to builder because there's so many different variables. What has been assumed? What information is known? What information is not known when I'm giving you this price? So uh, you know that we could talk about that for days. But uh, yeah, re yeah, really good insight. Yeah, that's yeah. Trying to compare um, budgets for different builders, I can't even imagine the nightmare. First of all, you don't know what half the stuff is on there, and then you say, well, this builder has this on his, but this one doesn't have it. You know, I'm not even sure what it is, but um, but it, this one doesn't have it. You know, so I can see how that could really, much the water could get really, really muddy with that. Yeah. So, Steve, I got one final question. Well, I think one final question for you. Yeah. What are, what are th if I say, what are three of the most common things that are overlooked during the design phase that, in hindsight, homeowners wish they had considered? Um, <clears throat> with your experience, you obviously think about those things as early on as possible. But if you could give, if you could give uh, potential homeowners or people looking at the, the custom home design uh, three, three things to consider, what would those be? Yeah, that's a challenging question for me because we are so thorough that I, I, I'm not sure how to answer that, to be honest with you, because I feel like the, if they if they follow the process, the way that we present it and, and they and they dedicate the time to it, that they're not going to find three things that they wish they would have done differently. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how to answer that one. I'm not sure if you can maybe answer, ask that in a different way, but it would make it easier. I, I just wanted to challenge you at the end. No, it's I think you I think you covered it earlier on, too, where you talk about uh just the iterations and the the hey we're not going to we're not going to move too fast and then have to go back and do work over again right and, yeah okay uh, that's a good point yeah it, i would i think that's a good point really dedicate the time to it um communicate a lot with your spouse if you're married uh, or whoever you're going to be sharing the house with um I've, I've told people before when we start the process and i don't really feel like they're completely on the same page and i'll tell them so look there's three of us sitting at the table we all know we're talking about a house each of us have a vision of what this house looks like. And we don't know what, we're not sure that the other ones have our same vision. So we've yeah. really got to spend the time to make sure in our heads, we know we're looking at obviously not the exact same thing, but we're kind of looking at the same house. So what I've told couples before is if y'all are on the same page and you know, you're on the same page, it makes it a lot easier because now I just have to figure out 
what that is versus figuring out three people. I, mean, I know mine, but then figuring out two more people. So, um, and I've joked around with clients, you know, um, the wife might say, you know, I want, um, I want to add a sewing room onto the house and a hobby room. And the, the guy's like, well, if you're going to get that, I'm going to get a four car garage. And they'll kind of start going back and forth with each other. And I just kind of like smile at them. I said, look, you know, um, let me know when y'all are ready to get back to reality here because we have a budget, <laughs> you know? And then I tell them the, my, as a home designer, I'm charging you what I'm charging you. But if my marriage counseling, um, fees kick in, it's going to get a lot more expensive and they get a laugh out of it, a light in the room and, and we, and we move on. But uh, I try to keep it light and fun. I explain to people that, um, you're blessed to be able to do this. And there's a very small percentage of people in the world that could, um, sit down with somebody and describe a house and then have it designed and built on the piece of property that they bought. That's just a very small percentage of people that can do that. It's a blessing. It should be fun. It should There's going to be stressful times during the process, but they should be minimal and don't let it stress your marriage out. You know, it's just not worth it. It's a house. It's not worth yeah. um, putting a, a strain on your relationship. I, <laughs> you said that so well. It, it is it, we see it on every single home we've ever built with homeowners that they're uh, it's easy to become stressed on certain parts of the build. I mean, you're watching it come to life and there are I mean, it's it's a major construction project and things happen. And uh, you see you see husband and wife arguing and, and all that. And then at the end of the day, they get this complete home that is beautiful, that is everything that they wanted it to be hopefully fit within their budget and the qualities there and all those stresses are long forgotten about. Right. So, right. Um, right. No, really, really good point. Steve, thank you so much for your time. This has been a blast. I've, I've had fun talking to you. How, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to, to reach out to you and, and connect with you for some further conversations if they're at that stage? Sure. Yeah. And one thing I can kind of back up when we were talking about, um, my business and what I do, I actually do two different things. I, I, um, I do full custom design, which is really what we've been talking about on this podcast. And, um, you can find me at Steve Shannon That's Steve Shannon, S H A N N O N design.com. Uh, and then when you go there, you will meet my business partner, which is an interior designer. Um, some people already have an interior designer. Some people want to wing it themselves. Somebody wanted to hire an interior designer. So, uh, if you go that route, then I do offer those services. Um, the other service is plans. It's um, it's common for people in the early stages to start looking at house plans on the Internet. Um, you can use them for inspiration mainly. But I do have a collection of plans on my website, which is txhouseplans.com. And I've just taken some of my past projects and put them on there. So if somebody happens to find the dream home on there, um, they can actually purchase that from me. Um, if there were some modifications that need to be made, I can do that. Uh, everybody needs a site plan showing the placement of the house on their property, the driveway, sidewalk. We can take care of that. Uh, I think it's a good place to start um, by just looking at some plans. And I've had people come to me and say, hey, I really like the kitchen on this particular plan. I like the master bedroom on this one. I like the game room on this one. And they just show me the features that they like from those plans. So that really is helpful because I can start asking them, what is it that you like about each of these areas of the house? Then I can create a house a plan for them, incorporating those features in. And they say, look, it's not going to look just like this because it needs to be a different shape um, for the exterior elevation that you want or to fit your lot. But I understand why you like this bathroom. So 
I can design a bathroom for you that have that has these amenities in it. So that's helpful. I think that's a good place to start. So uh, go to either one of those websites. You can easily um, reach me um, through the contacts on those sites. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, you get to be like a puzzle builder at the same time, right? I like this from this plan, yeah. this from that plan, and you just try and put them together and make it jive. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm playing Tetris sometimes. Um, I'm just trying to make all the pieces. I rearrange all the pieces and try to make them all fit in. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I can, you know, come up with three or four different uh, options for bathrooms pretty quick, you know, yeah. um, and present them to people and let them pick ones, the ones they like the most. So yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. And that that's great for inspiration purposes. We talk to a lot of people before they've even worked with an architect saying, well, I think I want this, but I'm not sure. And, you know, people go right to house. They go right to Pinterest, Instagram, whatever your social media platform of choices. And you, you, you just need to see other things and say, I absolutely love that. I want that. So it's easy to see, hey, here's the final built-in cabinets that I love. But having a having plan sets of, hey, I really like the flow of this. Uh, I, I think that's that's really, really nice for people to quickly get inspiration when they're talking about where walls are going and, and some of the, the obviously design phases uh, before you get to selections and interior design. Yeah. And one point on that, when you talk about going on the Internet, looking at, at stuff, when you print a picture or save a picture, make a note of what it is that you like about that picture. I've had situations where somebody shows me a picture and I'm really it's beautiful and I'm look, analyzing it and, and then I'm trying to figure out what it is. And sometimes oh, we really like that paint color on the wall. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm glad I didn't, you know, assume that you wanted your room to look like this room when it was just something, one, one little detail about the picture. So when you're sharing those inspiration um, images with your designer, you really want to make sure they understand what it is that you like about that picture. Cause that can really uh, get confusing for me if I don't know that. Yep. Good. Good point. Organization is key for everybody involved from beginning to end. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Any any final words? I, I'm I've really had a ton of fun with this, and um, maybe we'll have you back for another another episode. And I was thinking as we're going through this, it'd be fun if we got some video of uh, one of the houses that you've designed that we've built. We could get some <clears throat> have some fun recording some uh, some things to point out and some design stuff, and and get it on get it on YouTube. I think that would be fun. We can walk through the house and, and video the house and talk about um, the inspiration that made that, um, that that made it happen. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Look forward to it. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, thank you.